Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. As Emmanuel comes to live with us, within us and with us. There's uh, a scripture in the message. It says that Jesus came to live with us. He moved into the neighborhood. God, Emmanuel, with us, came to live in us and through us. And in uh, Matthew 1, um, 23, uh, the scripture says, A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Why don't we pray right now? Holy Spirit, I just invite you right now to just come and to speak through me. Lord, let the truth of your word touch every single heart that hears me. God, I pray that that your will be done here tonight, your kingdom extended, and that every single person, precious as they are to you, will know that the call of of your love goes out to them tonight, just like it did to Mary all those years ago. In Jesus' name, amen. So when Mary said yes to that call that came to her, when that angel came and said to her that she was highly favoured and she had been chosen, and there was a great call, it was a great challenge, was put down before her to be the mother of the saviour of the world. And she would have been very young. She would have only been a teenager at that, at that time. She wasn't married. And she said yes. <laughs> she said yes and great things happened. When we say yes to the call of God on our lives, then it changes everything. Who knows what God wants to do in and through your life? It may obviously it's not going to be the mother of the Savior. That job's already been taken. But you're going to, there could be great things in store for you and for every one of us that looks different. And I just encourage you to keep an open mind and heart as I share for these few moments and just see what God's got in store for you as we continue to say yes to him. So what does that mean? God with us and God living in us. What does that look like today in the year that we're in right now? It affects everything. It affects our relationships, the way that we conduct them, the way that we form them. It affects our attitudes and our life choices and our lifestyles. All these things will be affected by, how, by the call of God, by allowing Emmanuel to live on the inside. We have a response where we, we make a decision, we come out the front. Jesus called everybody publicly. And I've said it before, this is just the beginning. But it's a very important start where we say, Jesus, I ask your forgiveness of my sins. And I call you, I ask you to come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. And then from there, it's a, it's a development. He puts his values his mindset, his attitude. And the more willing we are, the more hungry we are for more of him, he will teach us. And you will grow and you will expand and you will grow in your knowledge and understanding of him, his character, his attributes, who he is. And he will reveal to you the treasures of his kingdom. It just depends on how hungry you are. 
and how much. You can stop here and make it into heaven. You can come out the front here and say, God, forgive me. And your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. And you can follow him from a distance, maybe. But you will come into heaven. But there's more. There's more for you. Much, much more. But it comes from how much of Emmanuel do you want on the inside of you? How much of his lordship will you allow to affect your attitudes? To affect, to adjust the way you conduct your relationships, who you choose to get into relationship with, and also your lifestyle, how you actually live. Jesus gave great value to ordinary people. He saw the poor. He didn't just walk past them. He saw them. He fed them. He touched them. He touched and healed the lepers. He listened to the children and let them climb all over him. Children in that day, the disciples were like, get out of the way, kids. we got more important things than you. And Jesus made them the star attraction. And then he also valued and respected women, which was very countercultural for the time in which he walked on the earth. Women at that time were considered nothing more than possessions for their men. Men could divorce their wives by simply saying, I divorce you three times. And take the children or leave the children. The woman had no power. She had no choice. And even in India, in recent years, India, when a man died years ago, all his possessions would be piled up on his, um, when he was being cremated and would be burnt together with him, including his wife. And this practice only stopped when Christianity came to India through the apostle, through Thomas. Jesus gave value to women. He gave value. He, he saw the people that others walked past. And many, many t- uh, women in the world today still suffer from this warped mindset where Christianity hasn't reached them, that there is imbalance, there's devaluing, and and people are are looked over and despised of all kinds. But Jesus' attitude, he gave value to ordinary people. And this is how he wants us to live. The women around Jesus listened, and they learned that God's salvation was for them also. This was also uh, revolutionary for that time, because women were not even allowed to be taught but they were allowed to sit at his feet and learn, and learn from Jesus. They weren't just confined to their duties. Jesus gave hope to ordinary people, and God saw them and heard them and loved them. Jesus valued all people. This is, a, this is what be, being, allowing him to adjust your, your thinking it's, it's where we get down to the rubber meets the road in affecting our relationships, our appetites, our sexuality, our appetites for food and for luxury things, for the leisure pleasure lifestyle that we live in in the Western world. Will we allow him to adjust our thinking? Will we allow him in to tamper and to restrict those addictions or appetites, so even natural appetites. So number one, he will work work in, Jesus 
Emmanuel God within us, number one, affects our relationships. And how and some some of the most intimate ones that we form. Jesus wants us to value and respect each other in all our relationships, especially our most intimate. The Bible says that husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And for wives to respect their husbands because he knows that love and respect goes hand in hand. When a woman is loved and cherished, that, that, she, that love will flow quickly back to the man. And when a man is respected by a woman, that love will flow back to her. And the Bible says to treat younger women like sisters and older people like parents and grandparents. These are kingdom principles that are different. And we just need to be reminded every now and again, we need to be reminded that we don't just adopt and and fit in to the culture that we live in, that the kingdom principles are different. And we have to make a deliberate choice to adopt them and to allow kingdom principles to adjust our attitudes and to adjust our thinking and our appetites and to, and to give that, that call that goes out to follow me. Love and respect go hand in hand. This might seem a bit outdated, um, given, but given the, emphasis, the increase in domestic violence and in our society, I still, I can't fathom what's happening. But I think that if we need to look at these kingdom principles seriously and look and see how we can see this adjusted and altered in our lives, the kingdom principles are worth it. So how can we show value to all people? I believe that by being a loyal person, loyalty, it's an interesting word, loyalty, what that means today. I was given a loyalty card at a coffee shop recently. And the promise was that if I buy nine cups of coffee from them, that the 10th one would be free. And I thought, wow, it got me thinking. Nine cups of coffee, okay, so it really isn't loyalty at all if they have to buy my loyalty, you know, with a free coffee. It's not being loyal at all. And that's very much the way that the culture we live in. It says today, what do I get for free for my loyalty? Can you see the difference? (laughs) Kingdom principle is I give my loyalty. I'm not expecting anything back because my reward's in heaven. God sees what I do in private. If he chooses to reward me now, fine. If he doesn't, you know, it's not important. But in the world, it says, what do I get for my loyalty? And these, these subtle things can creep in to, to the way that we, we live and the loyalty that we give to one another. So what does it mean to be loyal? I believe it's to have good follow-through in life, to finish that course that you started, <laughs> even finish that book. Oh, gosh. Sometimes we, we start things. And just being able to have that follow through, it being loyal to what you have started, staying loyal to your marriage, that's in mind and heart. We have part of our, the ceremony that we do. It says, having mind and eyes dedicated, the purity of having one man to love. Having eyes and mind dedicated to the purity of having one woman to love. 
It's a kingdom principle. It's a shift in an attitude. It's loyalty. Loyalty of mind and heart. Being a loyal friend. So that when, you, when the person you're with, we don't talk about the, the others that are not there and vice versa. Being a loyal friend. Kingdom people are loyal people. Be faithful in spirit. Don't let your heart wander. Be loyal to your church. The church where you are planted and flourish where you are planted. Speak loyalty in your workplace, even over your boss. Be loyal to your boss when they're not around. It's amazing what a difference this will, this will make in your overall. Loyalty will begin to grow. Loyalty as a um, lifestyle develops favor. Proverbs 28:20 says, A faithful person will be greatly blessed. But one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. Be committed to the call of God on your life. Invest your heart in it, even though your feelings go up and down. There's a high, high jump champion was asked, how can you jump so high? He said, I throw my heart over the bar and the rest of me follows. <laughs> throw your heart into it. <laughs> Put your heart into it. And the rest of you will follow. Heart and treasure go together. Where your heart is, there's your treasure. Make an, a, an investment, financial investment, heart investment. Serve. As you serve, you, you start to feel a sense of ownership and belonging and, and connectedness. And this, these things actually help you in all your relationships, particularly in the home church. We, um, you often hear the church being referred to as a home, and it is. It is a home. But more than just a feeling of freedom and belonging, a real home has responsibilities and commitments. Years ago, when our eldest son, Stephen, he was really big on surfing and he would disappear. He'd wobble off on his board with his, uh, on his bike with his board under his arm. And I'd see this little blonde head going down and off to Malulabar to Cotton Tree. And in Cotton Tree Caravan Park, there was this really cool family that mostly was just a, a mum there with, with teenagers that just dropped in and out. And you could drop in and out anytime. You could eat what you like. They left their towels lying everywhere. They had stuff everywhere. It was like a home, but it, there was no responsibilities. And it was all chilled and, and it was really cool. And you could do what you like. You could eat what you like. If you wanted to go to sleep, fine. If you didn't want it, you didn't have to sleep. And every now and again, I have to go and get him. <laughs> and bring him home to his real home where he had to do his homework. He had to get up and go to school the next day and pick the towels up off the floor. And uh, he was still loved. He still had fun. We had fun. We had plenty of food. But he had responsibilities and commitments. And, you know, <laughs> it's like that with our church family is a real home. Our church needs systems. We need structures like Doug was, Pastor Doug was talking about. We have, it calls for sacrificial service. It calls to, to take up your cross, follow me, deny yourself and follow him. It demands, it needs our loyalty as well. And uh, we have the freedoms, we have all freedoms, but we have healthy boundaries. 
And that's where where we need to understand that at times you might feel like you're getting your wings clipped, but you're not. <laughs> it's, it's God's, it's good. It's good for what God has planned for you. Emmanuel, God in you, what you carry and what, what, where he wants you to carry that, he needs you to, to be disciplined. He needs you to have self-control. He needs you to be able to say no to your appetites when it counts. All these things, being faithful in the little things, it can be tedious and frustrating, but it's building character. It's building gold into your soul and your spirit, and it'll take you to great things. It will take you. God knows that he will use you. He can take you far. We have all freedom. Being loyal in our church, our local church. So what does it mean to be loyal? To me, it's putting your roots down and flourishing where you're planted. Making a decision to stay and plant yourself. I find it incredible over the years. I know God shifts us around and, and he, he will take one person from here and plonk them there. And he'll shift someone from there and put them there. But there's always a sense of knowing and, and agreement. And it seems right to the Holy Spirit and to us. And then there's other people that come to you <laughs> and they say, God's told them to go to Africa um, because they've met some guy online and um, dating. <laughs> oh, and he's the one. He's the one. And um, I'm going to go over there and we're going to live happily ever after. And you just know this isn't God. This is craziness. This is being up too late and on a computer when you should be asleep. You know, and it's just being able to really hear the call of God on your life and to, to actually follow through with what he's asking of you. So let's recap. So what does God in us and God with us look like? It shows in your relationships. Do you know, I've been told that the, there's two of the most important decisions you'll make in your life is the person that you choose to marry and where you choose as your spiritual home because they will take you in places or away from places where God wants you to be. They're two really biggies and, and God wants to lead you and direct you and give you the wisdom that you need as to who you let in as the most intimate relationship of your life, a lifetime partner, and where you draw your spiritual food from, where you actually, what well are you drawing out of, spiritually speaking? These are very important questions to ask ourselves. So Jesus had an amazing attitude. He was born as the son of heaven, the king of kings, with a godly heritage, and he came to earth with a servant heart. He was humble. And he served and he was gracious and beautiful with his attitude. I love Glenda Kynock. <laughs> Glenda has a beautiful attitude. Her attitude is faith. Glenda just serves with a joy and nothing is too much trouble attitude. I know she's really embarrassed now. If you don't know, that's Glenda in the front row here. Glenda has... An amazing faith. I've watched her for years now. Uh, many times she's serving around the church, faithfully going and carrying in groceries and all kinds of things, believing God to heal her heart condition. She's either 
just recovering or on her way back from the hospital where they've tried to get her heart back to normal rhythm so they can let her go home. And she shows up here. Like Her attitude is, I'm just going to keep believing God regardless. That's like Hebrews 11 kind of faith. The great people of the Bible, it says, they pressed on for the promises of God and some of them never saw it. They died and not even seeing the promises fulfilled, but they believed right up to the moment. They, they never stopped believing in faith. That's you, Glenda. That is a great attitude. It's a faith attitude, in other words. This is a great faith attitude. It's my turn to talk. <laughs> courageous faith, yeah. Yeah, courageous faith. Yeah, I remember. I remember. You're, you're a champion, darling. You're an absolute champion. And these, the Bible says that some of them were delivered and some of them were not. But they were all great men and women of faith. And whether they got the answer, whether they received their healing or not, they never gave up believing. I love that. I love that. That is an attitude of faith. That is gold. And it's beautiful. And that's, that's I think that's the currency of heaven, they tell you. <laughs> Victorious living looks different for all of us. I've met some people. I know a girl. Bit teary here. I know a girl. Her name is Rachel Wallace, and she is one of these victorious living people. Like some people live victoriously, they they have um, overcome incredible odds, and they've raised up a business from nothing, and they become successful contributors. and And you can see their success, right? You can see that they are victorious. They've come through this, and they've come through that, and now they they they're this this person. But Rachel is is actually fighting for her life right now, for in a cancer ward. And when you talk to her, Ross spoke to her dad this afternoon. They were in our church at Budrum for years and we know the Wallaces well and we love them. And you ask her how she's going and she'll say, you know, it's a strange thing, but I'm fine. I'm fine. And she spends her days talking to people in the chemo ward about the goodness and the love of God and how great he is and running around and, and, and they're all getting chemo and like when, you know, my turn and your turn. And, and she's just victorious as she fights for her life. And I just think, God, that, that kind of faith just does something to me. I just think, you know, I don't understand what's happening, but I trust God anyway. And that's her attitude. I don't know why I'm here, but I'm not going to waste a moment. <laughs> I'm going to, whatever, whatever there's breath in my life, I'm going to make sure that everybody knows that God's, God's good and that he loves us. Yeah. Faith-filled attitude a good, with a good spirit. So number one, God in us affects our relationships. God in us and through us, it affects our attitudes. And number three, God in us will affect our lifestyle and our choices. In Daniel 1 and 2, Daniel was a young man of, the, of Judah's royal family that was stolen. He was taken and in captive into Babylon. And he, but he was determined. They only picked the best 
They only picked the, the most intelligent, athletic, best looking and they put them in the universities of the day to brainwash them and to make them their officials. But, you know, Daniel was determined that uh, he was going to continue to live for God and stay true to his convictions even though he could lose his life doing it. Daniel's first challenge came with a lifestyle choice, choices of Babylon. The food and the drink and the lifestyle that was offered to him was contrary to what God had set out for the Israelites. But he, he, the second thing, challenge, was an unreasonable boss <laughs> asking the impossible of him. And the third challenge was that he bowed down and worshipped pagan gods and stopped worshipping the one true God. Daniel's whole life was turned upside down and it was and thrown into crisis several times. Yet his faith in God and his strong sense of purpose gave him an inner strength. Daniel was, was able to conduct himself with poise and wisdom and integrity and proved to be very valuable to the king. So much so that a friendship developed between he and the king that was that shifted the culture of that day and shifted the, the mindset of a nation because of his loyalty, because of his integrity and his gold faith that, that I'm going to trust God regardless. I'm in a dangerous place. I could lose my life, but I'm going to trust God through this. The king saw it and said, you are an, ex- are an exceptionally great young man. And your God is the one and the true God. It kept him strong despite all the challenges around him. God wants us to live with that same sort of poise, that same sort of wisdom and and purpose and not be tossed around by the circumstances and continually experiencing the highs and the lows of our feeling, depending on our feelings, not being driven by our emotions, but making a conscious decision to allow God in me, God in us. What does that look like in your workplace, in your environment? I'm inspired by this great young man of faith. And many of you, as you press on, I hope tonight that you feel encouraged to keep pressing on in your own transformation journey. And and because you carry the presence of God... You know, when we come out here and we invite Christ into our life, something powerful takes place. He comes to live within you by his Holy Spirit. And he lives within you and remains with you. This is powerful because then you become the carrier of the presence of God. Wherever you go, you can access his anointing. And not only that, he can, as you walk and wherever you go, you can shift the atmosphere around you. Where there's fear, you can bring peace and comfort and counsel, godly counsel. Where there is violence, you can bring love and calm. And where where there is lust, you can bring purity and grace. And the presence of God can shift. I saw this, I see that over and over for a lot of years, I didn't understand. I sort of thought the anointing, I know what it is to feel the anointing of God come on upon me. But I didn't fully understand that he was within me always. And he never, ever leaves us or forsakes us. He promised that. 
He promised that. And I used to feel the anointing come on me. Started when I was five, again when I was nine, then at 14, then at 18, at 27. I can, I can tell you when God visited me and I began to follow him. But those moments of his presence, I, you can't rely on just the feeling. You've got to know that he is Emmanuel in me, God in me. And you carry this treasure in an earthen vessel to the bring glory to God and hope to the world around you. And that at any given time, regardless of how you feel, like Rachel in the chemo ward, she doesn't feel great, but the greatness of God shows through her. And people around her feel God. And they know he's real. And they start crying and they're like, I'm sorry, I don't know what's wrong with me. He says, okay, it's just the Holy Spirit. I know those happy tears. <laughs> At a wedding recently, I had uh, one, the one that we went to, the Sunshine Coast. I had a woman say to me, um, we were just chatting and we were talking for a long time. And then she said, who are you? What do you do? And then when I, when I said that I'm a pastor, I'm a minister. And she sort of, wow, that's, wow, that's random. She, she was just like, wow, that's really random. I would never have picked, yeah, I, I didn't see that one coming. And I've been talking to her for some time. And, uh, and it was, we had a good conversation about life. And I was really starting, she was really opening up to me. And, and I really felt God say, you know, she said to me then, Wow, being a pastor, a pastor's wife, that's a really tough gig. That's a really hard life. And she's just looking at me like, why would you do that? And, um, and I just said to her, it just came out of me. I was like, I love it. I love it. It's my life. I, I love God. I love him. I know, I know he's real. And I've known it since I was a little girl. And, and he's just never failed me. He's never left me. He's always. And then out of this innermost being come this river of living water. And it was like whoosh over her. She starts crying. She said, well, I think I've had too much to drink. I said, no, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. I know those tears. And, and she's like, man. And, and I just, these moments, that happened to me over and over and over again that night. People just started talking to me. And I realize more and more now, it's not up to how I feel or whether I, I managed to get my devotions in that morning or I finished my, my reading for the day. No, it's the presence of God that you access that is within you. Have faith in him that he's faithful to do that through you. That wherever you are, in the very best and the very highest point of your life or at the very lowest that, that he is with you and that you carry this. And as a church, we carry this anointing. We carry his spirit to the community. And I love singing carols over our community. I love that. And, and what I'm doing is like whoosh, like the presence of God, you know, that we sing. And whether it's, you know, dashing through the bush in a rusty Holden ute, it doesn't matter the words we can, you know, Christmas Day, the Aussie way, by the barbecue. You're, it's the Spirit of God in you that is what is presencing Jesus. And people feel that and they acknowledge that there's something different about you. I want to encourage you, wherever you are in your walk with God, as, as we just 
you know, come to a response time now. I'm going to, in a moment, we're going to make a response. And I really hope you join me because I want more than ever, I want to be conscious of this abiding spirit of God within me that I carry this, this treasure in this earthen vessel to wherever you go, to whoever you meet. And that greatness comes out of you. That whether you sing, whether you speak, whether you make hamburgers, whether you, you're a doctor and you, you're a nurse or you drive trucks, whatever you do, that the anointing of God will strengthen you and empower you to live for him. That Emmanuel, God with us and within us. He doesn't just come upon you and when you're in church and we feel his presence. He goes with you. He goes out there with you. And it's so important that we recognize that whether we feel him or not, he's faithful, he's there by his spirit. And he wants to use your life in a powerful way. I feel that, as I said many times, within us is the empowerment. He will empower you to live victoriously by his Holy Spirit. You can shift and change the atmosphere around you. As I said, in Ezekiel 11, 19 and 20, Jesus said, God promises. He says, I will put my, a new heart within you. I will put my heart of flesh and my spirit within you. And he promises to do that. So that when, so wherever we are, that we come alive. We are born again by his spirit and empowered by his grace and anointing that lives within us. Maybe tonight you want to invite his presence and power into your life. It could be the very first time that you come here and you say yes to the Holy Spirit. You say yes to God. I encourage you to do that because this is the starting point. Every single one of us must be born again. There's only one way to heaven, to the Father, and that's through Jesus. This is how it is. That's what the Bible says, and that's, that's the pathway. But then from there, no matter how long you have been following Him, the call goes out this Christmas. The call to you tonight, to me tonight, is how close will we come to Him? We sang that song earlier about the Father. And as you call me deeper and deeper, as you call me, I'd love to be able to sing that right now. Just as we make this an altar and a moment where we're responding to His call this Christmas to, be, to allow Him to flow through you with power and start the new year with a new resolve, with a new understanding that no matter where you are, that God will can flow through you. Like Mary, when she said yes, when we say yes to God, greatness will come out of us. Great things will happen. Great things will happen in and through you. Say yes to the Lord. Whatever that means to you tonight, if it's the first time, why don't you stand to your feet with me?
For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. And of his greatness and of his kingdom and peace there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from this time on and forever. The call of God. Be faithful, be loyal to the call of God on your life. You don't have to become a pastor to have the call of God on your life. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about every one of us. God calls us, not just to be a minister, but He calls you to come close to you. He draws you to come closer to Him. And we make a conscious decision to say yes. And like Mary, I have no idea what that yes means, but it's a yes by faith. It's courageous faith, like we were talking about earlier. Saying yes and allowing Him and His power to flow through you. Father God, I thank You for the power of Your Holy Spirit that empowers us to live for You, to live victoriously for You. And the call of Christmas, as You came to this earth to bring a way of salvation to all of us, You call us now in 2016. You call us to come closer to You. God, help us to respond with a yes. Whatever that means, adjusting in our relationships, whether we, we, you are calling us to adjust our relationships, our attitudes, our life choices, what we value. God, we enable you to adjust this, to adjust our person so that we too can reflect the shift the atmosphere with the presence of God flowing through us, anointed by your Spirit, by your indwelling Holy Spirit. Amen. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.